I'm Samantha Engel. And I'm Aaron Gullius, and you're listening to Great Lakes Lore. And this is our Halloween bonus episode where we answer your questions about anything Halloween and spooky related. And some things that aren't. (laughs) All right, so let's get started. Um, I can kick this off with the first question that we had submitted to us, and it came from Wide Atlantic Weird Podcast. And they were wondering whether there are any ghost ship stories associated with the Edmund Fitzgerald or other Great Lakes shipwrecks. Okay, so there there are some mentions of the Edmund Edmund Fitzgerald about 10 years after the Fitzgerald sank. So in the mid-80s, it was spotted on Lake Superior by a commercial ship. And the crew stated that they saw the ship on a foggy night and reported a strange, eerie atmosphere at the time. And they... And they thought it was the ghost ship of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And there's also numerous other ghost ship stories <laughs> about the Great Lakes. But the Edmund Fitzgerald is sort of the the one because it's, it's relatively recent and the song that, <laughs> uh, that, that people do mention a lot. And also, there's a ghost-oriented perfume maker out there that has an Edmund Fitzgerald-themed scent. And they describe it like this. When the gales of November rage over the Great Lakes, the famed phantom vessel rides the waves again. Welcome America's legendary ghost ship wearing this blend of Applejack, Rainstorm, and Musk. Interesting combination. Yes, it comes in an embroidered velvet pouch and crafted paper gift box. Is it a famed phantom vessel? I don't think it's a famed. It's not the Marie Celeste. Right. It's not the Flying Dutchman. I don't, Queen Mary I, or something. Right. I think I think they're selling it a little uh, a little hard here, but um <laughs> yeah, uh, we we might throw the link to that perfume maker in the uh, in the show notes, but uh, I think it's I think part of it like since they don't know exactly like what happened or like how it sank, I think there's just like this extra mystery about it you know (laughs) i I agree i agree okay so um from uh from cindy what was your scariest date uh so mine was um when i was in grad school and i went on a date with a gentleman who um was the worst driver ever, not in a scary way, but in like an insanely overly cautious way. Um, and just everything was, was bad about the date. And then, um, he worked at the local video store. And when I went in the next time, he tried telling me he had a birthday present that I needed to get. And it, it yeah, yeah. That's where I'll leave it. <laughs> That's weird. That's weird. It is um, super weird. And then I had to stop going to the video store. And if you know me, an opportunity to rent a movie for a quarter is amazing. So it was a great video store. A quarter? Are you 90? Back in my day, movies were a quarter. All Anything that wasn't a new release was only a quarter per night. <laughs> it was amazing. Wow. That's that would be sad to. Yes. It, it, you should have got you should have gotten that birthday present, Sam. Mm-hmm. You could have gotten more no. now no it's no. probably not a good idea okay so mine um this this was a toss-up um but i i think scariest in the sense of how do i get this person out of my house um and and realizing that i was her ride so it was a, it was a yahoo personals thing that that was you know it was free i'm not gonna pay <laughs> for an internet dating service you 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 get yeah 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 i'm old but um <laughs> yahoo personals 
She was a, a fellow graduate student in a completely different field of study. And it, I, I thought things were fine. You know, our conversations on the phone were, were good. And so we go out to dinner and we're going to rent a movie, but we, we couldn't find anything we, we wanted to watch. And they weren't a quarter anyway. So what's the point? And so we're, we're back at my, my apartment talking and she won't stop talking. And her conversation veers into very dark areas about abuse and, and how everybody hates her brother in their town they live in. And it's just grim as heck. And I'm just sitting here thinking, what have I gotten myself into? Um, but still, the, the deal breaker was she thought that uh, the pro wrestlers Kane and The Undertaker were brothers in real life and not just on the pro wrestling show. And at that point, I realized this is a terrifying situation and I need <laughs> to get this person out of my house. But it was it was just a very strange sort of eerie. This person is either just needing somebody to talk to or they're going to murder me. Um, <laughs> and, and there's really no options in between. All right. So our next question came from Christy. She actually sent in two. And her first question is, what's your favorite Halloween candy? My favorite candies are the ones engineered in labs that have no actual food content whatsoever. So fill me up on bottle caps and sweet tarts and Sour Patch Kids and Laffy Taffy. Mm, well, I like uh, the peanut butter best. I- I'm a chocolate candy I prefer chocolate candy. Um, although I, I like the occasional Sour Patch Kid, but um, I love peanut butter. So the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or Reese's Pieces oh, yeah. is where it's at for me. All right. Um, and then the other question that she submitted was, who is our favorite Halloween character? I am. Uh, I'm a I'm a great pumpkin man from way back <laughs> now. Now, it's I, that might be cheating because I'm not sure the great pumpkin exists. Uh, but in Linus's heart, he exists. So yes. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of. I'm a huge Peanuts fan, and and so the, the Great Pumpkin. If I've, I'm not sure how many Halloween characters I'm aware of, but the Great Pumpkin <laughs> is mine. <laughs> um, yeah. So this could have been taken in many many different ways. At first, I thought, oh, should I pick my favorite like classic monster or or what? But I decided to go with my favorite. Um, like scary movie villain. And so I, I'm a Michael Myers person. So I think when you look at all of the old slasher films, Michael Myers is, is the most terrifying. He doesn't say things. He doesn't, doesn't even run. He's just there with like the, the mask and yeah. So Michael Myers terrifying. Yeah. A little scarier than the great pumpkin, but uh, (laughs) yeah. So now, um, more of a museum public history question um, w- w- from Jordan on Facebook. With your discussion on supernatural tourism, is this something worthwhile for museums to capitalize on, or should they remain skeptical about it and just focus on the history? Like, are there museums like there are museums that embrace their haunted history and share that, or have special haunted events to drive visitation? But there are also museums that have lore about them, but remain skeptical and don't share that story with the interpretation. So, public history person, what's your what's your view on on supernatural um, or paranormal tourism with regards to museums? Um, yeah, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it if it's done the right way in, in a way that doesn't confuse fact with 
either legend or, or complete make-believe or, or whatever it might be. So um, I worked at a house museum. I mentioned this in our personal as par- or paranormal as personal um, episode. And we hosted a ghost hunt there. And in large part, it was for financial reasons. A lot of small museums need fundraisers. They need, they have budgets. Um, and so you have to balance those realities with other things. And so a um, ghost hunt that, you know, we were in control of. It's not like we invited some TV crew in to to do whatever in the heck they wanted to do and, you know, spread weird fake stories or anything like that. But, um, you know, we we did that. And and I don't really think there's anything wrong with with doing something like that. Again, as long as the lines of what is fact and what is not um, are are very clear. Yes, I would agree with that from my non-public history professional standpoint. I think there's there's a line where you go from being a museum to being a from being primarily a museum to being primarily a roadside Halloween attraction. And staying on the right side of that line is uh is important. But you know, I even think I know like Eastern State Penitentiary in um uh, Philadelphia, you know, they did huge, huge, you know, ghost, like, like commercial ghost haunt things. Um, and, and they may have, uh, they may have turned away from that now as sort of some attitudes have changed or, or they toned down the theme or, or something like that. But, but again, the reality is museums have to make money and we're not going to be able to do the work that we need to do the meaningful work. If we, if we don't, make the money. And so people wanted to get in there to experience something scary because it's an old scary building and um and they they went with it. And so <clears throat> excuse me. You know, I think we all have to be cognizant of the realities of the capitalist system in which we live. <laughs> that that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, some a, a a barrage of questions from uh from Cindy again. We can take these one at a time. They're they're pretty quick. What was your favorite Halloween costume? Um, I was a vampire in second grade, I think second grade, and I won in a, a little costume award at this little church Halloween party thing. And my costume was so good that they said, "Hey, the little vampire boy <laughs> won second place," and I was just standing there like, "Oh man!" And then realized that I was the little vampire boy who won second place or whatever it was. So wow, um, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Mine was um, in in third grade. Uh, my dad and I made a, a Transformers costume, um, and uh, out of a cardboard box and a Darth Vader helmet that we spray painted in red and silver to look more like a Transformer. <laughs> I couldn't actually transform though. There are some Transformers costumes that that transform, but anything was better than those costumes that we usually had, which were like a mask and then like a plastic smock that just had like the name of the character on it and branding <laughs> and things. Uh, those were the worst. Oh, did anyone ever find a razor blade in candy? Is it an urban legend? Um, Sam, I'm not sure if you're the right age, but some of us remember the whole bring your candy in to get x-rayed at the fire department <laughs> because, you know, there are miscreants out there putting razor blades in apples. What's your experience with this sort of scary? Um, I remember once we were done trick-or-treating, my parents always checked our candy bags um, when I was a kid. So um, that happened. It wasn't intense 
there were no police <laughs> scanners involved. <laughs> um, but but yeah, they they looked through it to make sure nothing looked hanky. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think there's there there are elements of urban legend about it. It's mm-hmm. it's gotten a little even today. You see things on social media about. Um, you know they're they're putting marijuana candy in the trick or treat. Mm-hmm. No, no, but nobody's doing that. That's very expensive. <laughs> yes, to, um, to put your marijuana edibles in the kids' <clears throat> trick or treat bags. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, lots of uh, sort of you know there's a line again between sensible precautions and mm-hmm. you know my I lived out in the country and my only my only trick or treating was was to relatives. So mm. um, and and the parties at school. Um, oh. Um, have either of us ever carved a traditional jack-o'-lantern out of a turnip? I have not. <laughs> I have not either. But have you seen those? Yeah, they're really cool. I watched, there's this woman who does like historical sewing and historical, I don't know, living, I guess, on on YouTube who I follow. And in a video last year, she carved one. And it looks so stinking cool, like super creepy. And you could totally have a creepy like primitive witchy Halloween thing going on. But I have never done it. I always think that the turnip ones, the pictures I've seen, look very much more disturbing yeah. than a yeah. They're they're very creepy. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one's this one's for you because you're you're sort of deeply into this. <laughs> How did Halloween come about? Yeah, so Halloween can trace its roots back to the um, Celtic holiday holiday um, Samhain, which is spelled S A M H A I N. It's not pronounced Samhain, but that's what it looks like. It's not. <laughs> No, it's Samhain. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> Dead serious. I was today years old when I learned that. Aww. Oh. <laughs> um, and in, in today's Irish, Samhain roughly translates to summer's end. So this was a harvest festival. The Celtic calendar was marked by two halves. Generally, um, there was the light half and the dark half. And Samhain was a fire festival that kicked off the start of the dark half of the year. Um, It was thought that the veil between the natural and supernatural worlds was thin and that the world of the gods would be visible to mortals. So there was a plethora of um, mischievous spirits out there. Tricks and pranks abounded. And it was also a time to make predictions about the future. And so that holiday, of course, evolved over time. Um, the, the, the Christian showed up and kicked out pagan things. And, and today we slap a kid in a Paw Patrol outfit and they go around asking for candy. <laughs> Hard to know one, which, what, which one enjoys more. <laughs> All right. So our next question came from James Polk. I'm assuming not the president, um, or this would be um, a very spooky Halloween episode. I think it is the president actually. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, the question is, as a lifelong UFO buff, I'm interested to know if UFOs are a, quote, thing in the Great Lakes area. Are there any reports of UFOs that dive into the water a la the Shag Harbor incident? And so, Aaron, this one is all you. Yeah. So there are uh, some reports or claims of underwater UFO bases in the Great Lakes, particularly Lake Superior, because it's so deep. In Michigan, there was a, a massive 1996, sorry, 1966 UFO wave that uh, that we will probably have to cover on an episode of this of this show at some point because it is very much a Great Lakes 
region uh, UFO incident, and it's deeply historically significant. There's also a 1953 UFO chase. A uh, UFO, a U.S. Air Force pilot, um, his jet crashed into Lake Superior and was lost chasing a UFO over okay. Sault Ste. Marie. There's also the Lake Michigan Triangle, an, an area um, in Lake Michigan that <laughs> uh, that is is the site of UFO sightings and monster sightings and various anomalous events. So there is uh, a great deal of Great Lakes oriented UFO stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel uh, responded to uh, Sam's social media post about uh, making me sing the monster mash. If we didn't get more questions with, can my question be, will you please sing the monster mash? (laughs) And the answer, Gabriel, is no. Oh, oh, I was ready with my favorite lyric. Do you, what's do you have a favorite go, line from the Monster oh, Mash? Oh, you can sing any of it you want. I'm I'm just not going. Well, no. Do, do you I have a favorite line? I, I there's a line about a Monster Mash. I'm aware of. Oh, um, okay. I love the Monster Mash. Um, as even a small child, and on Halloween, my dad and I will text lyrics back and forth to each other. That and Werewolves of London. So um, I've become <laughs> very aware of um, the the lines of the Monster Mash, and my favorite line is Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. I, I had no idea that was a line. I, I'm aware of the chorus. That's that's about uh, it. Uh, I like it. I mean, I don't I don't hate it. It's it's just. You know, it's not something that's stuck in my psyche, unlike Werewolves of London, of which I not only know all the words, I know several of the alternative verses that showed up in live performances of it. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all over that. But okay. uh, yeah, um, I was going to say, if you have not looked it up, you should check out there is a YouTube video of I think is it Bobby Pickett who sings the Monster Mash um, and he was on like the Ed Sullivan show or something like that. And he's singing it and he does like all of the crazy monster voices himself. And oh, he wow. makes like these crazy faces and it's very entertaining. So it take, you know, it's an old song. So it's only like three and a half minutes <laughs> or something. So um, take a few moments and check that out on YouTube because yeah, it's a fun let's, ride. Let's put a link to that in the show notes. Yes, so we can do that. <laughs> can, uh, can, can, can get that. Yeah. All right. So our next question came from Anne, and she wants to know, are there any Great Lakes specific stories of well-known tales, i.e. the hook in the car door or the girl wandering in her prom dress on a rainy night? And so one thought I had when I saw this, because I've heard several versions of like the Phantom Hitchhiker or something like that, is that um, a lot of these urban legends like that show up all over the place. And um, people sort of study, again, this folklore type, um, you know, occurrence of the haunted roads, the phantom hitchhikers, things like that. And, um, you know, some people really look at it, you know, like the same way that we believe there are only, you know, so many different storylines and, you know, every story is sort of one of, what is it, like eight different stories just being retold in a different way. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want to make sure I was yeah. making sense. <laughs> you, you are. Um, and and that so s- paranormal experiences also fit fit into into those categories as well. I mean, we're people. People act in certain ways. People have certain life experiences, and so there could be multiple places across the country where you find the girl in the prom dress, the wedding dress, whatever it is, who wants a ride and 
you know, all of a sudden, you know, two miles down the road, she disappears. Or the next day, you know, you go up to the house where you dropped her off at because she left something in your car and they're like, oh my God, she died 10 years ago. (laughs) Or, you know, something creepy like that. On this very night. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and sort of related, um, Doc Pinko on Twitter says, uh, what's your favorite Halloween or scary story from your hometown? And one I've always heard, and this addresses Anne's question as well, because it's it's sort of Great Lakes region, but also a, a very sort of generic story. But one I remember from back home in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area was about an area called Devil's Hollow. How generic can you get mm-hmm. off of Liberty Mills Road? And the story was a young man and his girlfriend are at a party. They're coming home late one night. They're driving down near Devil's Hollow. The car runs out of gas. The, the boy tells the girl to wait in the car. He walks to the nearest gas station a mile away. She, as he began to fetch the gas can out of the trunk, she rolled up the windows and locked the doors. She waited, she waited, and she waited. And as she's sitting alone in the darkness, she began to feel scared. And then she heard raindrops on the roof. Mm-hmm. But when she looked out the window, she saw it was not raining. Ooh, she opens we all know the door. what this is. <laughs> yeah, she opens the door. She steps out of the car. She looks up. To see what was making the noise, she saw her boyfriend hanging by his feet upside down from a tree branch with his throat slit. And so the dripping was his blood hitting the car. And I had, and see, I didn't know the whole story till I sort of Googled it to see if I was remembering correctly. I just heard there was a ghost thing, a scary thing, a bad, something bad had happened near (laughs) Liberty Mills Road. I remember hearing Mm -hmm. that back in high school and stuff. I think a friend and I actually drove past there once and, and we didn't really find anything. So, uh, but, and that's sort of a, a very sort of generic story, but it, here's a local, a local iteration of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my local story, y'all heard in our first episode. So, right. I'm not going to so tell go it check again. Out. Go listen to that. <laughs> go check that out if you haven't. Yeah. All right. And then our last question came from Tim, and he wanted to know if either of us have ever seen a ghost. If so, what's the story? And if not, would you like to see one someday? Uh, Tim, uh, the friend of the show, Tim Banal, go listen to our The Paranormal is Personal episode where we address this extensively. But I would say I am not I would like to see a ghost if I could be guaranteed of a non-threatening and pleasant and informative conversation with the ghost and if I would not be scared. In that case, I would be perfectly willing to see a ghost. Sam, do you want to see a ghost? Yeah, I I would go on ghost hunts, so <laughs> I would. Okay. So I've got a question for you. Okay. Favorite scary movie, TV show, book, favorite scary media? Oh gosh, that's there's just so many things to choose from here. Um, I mean, I really, I, well, I guess if we're doing favorite of all of those things, I, I don't know if it's scary, but I'd have to probably say supernatural because I okay. spend so so very much of my time watching it. But if but that's like sort of a year round <laughs> thing. Um, right. <clears throat> if we were whittling it down to like spooky season stuff. Um, I think I might have to say I, I enjoy watching the Tim Burton Legend of Sleepy Hollow movie every Halloween. Um, that's uh, some good Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci, crazy Christopher Walken in a creepy New England colonial town action. <laughs> yeah, I think mine would have to be and I, I don't like scary stuff in general. I'm 
I'm fairly timid, but <laughs> I, I will say that I really like and am creeped out by the original 1970s uh, film, The Wicker Man, not the mm. Nicolas Cage one, but the original Wicker Man, uh, just the j- just the, the inexorable realization that this is going to go very wrong for this policeman. <laughs> and that there's no last minute rescue and that he is just going, it, it's, it's going to be bad. And, and I, I just, I just love the whole love, the, very much love the sort of drab seventies filmic British grayness of it. <laughs> sort, of, sort of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a film shot in various shades of Brown, uh, like, like <laughs> most things from the time, but um, the colors do pop when you've got, if you've seen it, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's on Amazon Prime and you should check it out. Um, so question then that I have for you is what is your favorite genre of of scary since you don't like scary very much? Um, like, you know, are we talking I, I would imagine not slasher um, no. hauntings? Um, you know, what what is it that that you enjoy? I. I kind of like. I kind, if I had to pick one, I'd say I've got a soft spot for the kind of found footage stuff, that genre. I, not the paranormal activity movies, though. Those are, those are bad. But um, I, I, the first one was okay, and then they sort of it's diminishing returns. But um, yeah, I, I like found footage movies. I, like, I just like that um, style. Okay, and what's your favorite genre of scariness? Um, I I really enjoy sort of the religious horror thing. Um, so exorcisms and um, while well, supernatural is very religious kind of horror inspired, um, really enjoyed uh, Midnight Mass that just came out this year. So oh, that's that was good. that's definitely um, I like a lot of stuff, but that's my favorite. <laughs> Okay, Midnight Mass was outstanding. It was. I, I was a big fan of that. I need to watch the other stuff that those folks have done. Yeah, it's um, good. Haunting of Hill House is like legitimately scary, and um, the Haunting of Bly House or Bly Manor, I guess. Um, I liked it because I had read The Turn of the Screw, um, which is what it's sort of very loosely based off of. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But a lot of people, I think, after Hill House, which was quite frightening. A lot of people seem a little, seemed a little let down by Bly Manor, but I really enjoyed it. Well, if it's less frightening, I'll do that one. Um, <laughs> yes, because I'm I'm easily startled. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for uh, submitting questions to us. This was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And thank you for joining us for listening to this special Halloween episode. And if you're listening to this on Halloween. We'll be back tomorrow with our next regular episode. Yeah, so until next time, don't get lost in the lore.